Welcome everyone to the IntelliGame Club, a podcast allowing you to explore thought-provoking games and demos alongside of the rest of the community each month. My name is Jenny, and I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to bring the IntelliGame Club to you. The IntelliGame community is already a place where folks go to discuss the games they're passionate about, and this podcast format and regular broadcast will aim to provide another space in which you can do that. To be honest, we were inspired by the book club format for IntelliGame Club. The idea that maybe in providing some guiding questions, topics, and themes, in addition to talking with the creators of these games, you'll be able to have time to formulate your own thoughts on what you play. And who knows, perhaps you and a group of friends can take these titles and discuss these questions yourself alongside the podcast. I mean, as I was talking with Josh, we thought if Oprah could do it for books, why can't we do it for games? So before we jump into the discussion with our featured creator this month, who I am so excited for you to hear from, I wanted to provide one more summary of just how this format will work if you haven't already heard it on the IntelliGame Radio. Each month, you can expect two episodes from IntelliGame Club. The first will help set the stage. We'll bring in one of the developers of the game to talk a bit more with us about who they are as creators, as well as shed some light about their title. And you'll have two weeks to play. Consider the questions and gather your thoughts. And if you'd like, participate in the Discord discussion or feel free to contact us and submit any thoughts you'd like to have added to the discussion on IntelGame.us. And if you just find that contact us form, let us know what you think. And after those two weeks, you'll be able to listen into the second episode to hear a spoiler cast and discussion on the game with a few additional guests, both from the industry, but sometimes from other fields, just to add a few more thoughts into the mix. As we've mentioned before, we want to find more and more ways to allow you to have these discussions at home with your friends, family, coworkers, really anyone that you enjoy discussing these type of topics with or would like to discuss more of these topics with. And we're really hoping that this format will help facilitate that. So before we jump into this conversation that Josh and I had with Davion, we wanted to start with a little bit of a preface because as the first game club choice and as a slightly heavier choice, maybe surprisingly heavy, uh, we wanted to add a little bit of context as to why we thought this was an important demo, an important game to feature for the first month. Yeah, there are uh, there are some things to watch out for over the course of even playing the demo. Uh, there's a lot of mental health discussions, some negative self-talk, and some experiences that can be kind of difficult for folks who might be going through something. But there are a lot of things that this game does that are really special. It is one of the blackest games I have ever played, so if mm -hmm. uh, having that experience is exciting to you, then you should definitely check it out. Um, and also, to something that Jenny and I had talked about earlier, it's a very honest game. Yeah, it's, I was frankly quite surprised. And again, if it's something that you're going through right now, perhaps it's not the time for you to experience the game directly, but the discussions that we had with, with each other and with a developer after playing this demo, it really got me thinking about just like this topic of mental health and how we address it in games and how for a long time, I haven't been able to read dialogue, for example, that felt like me talking with my friends or me talking even with myself and while it was at times challenging it was really impactful and something that I think this developer has done that's truly special so with all of those things said 
we totally get it if maybe this isn't the best time for you to dive into this game in particular. But we really hope that you'll still dive into this discussion. Jenny's done a fantastic job getting this first episode of Intelligame Club put together. And we hope that you'll check out our follow-up episode to this, where we have a bit of a roundtable discussion. It sets a really good opportunity to learn more about maybe how to have book club-style discussions of your own with games that are really important. So we hope you'll take some time to check this out and uh, enjoy the interview. Yay! All right, so let's jump into it. Davion is someone who I had the pleasure of meeting a couple of years back now, and it's a little bit fuzzy, so hopefully he forgives me if I get this wrong, but originally he had, like many developers do, sent out a standard email with a demo to his game, She Dreams Elsewhere. To be honest, while I was very intrigued, it was a great email, it was fall, and so I was traveling a ton for work, and it actually fell off my radar for a little bit. And I was so happy when he followed up again about two weeks later, and since I was in Georgia with my family and honestly needed a break from my family, I decided to jump into the demo to see what it was all about. I was hooked. She Dreams Elsewhere wears its influences on its sleeve and is completely refreshing in so many ways. This is a game that struck me because of its raw portrayal of someone going through a dark time in her life. Thalia, the main character, is a woman who's struggling with negative self-talk, depression, isolation, and playing a demo that captured this experience so honestly and accurately was enough to make me sit up and pay attention. Not to mention the fact that this is a game that actually includes people of color and their lived experiences, and their protagonists, and friends, and people who have nuance. And to be frank, that's not something we often see in the game industry, so... Like I said, playing this demo, I realized immediately there was something special here, both in the ways that Davion referenced games as well as his own lived experiences. So Davion and I struck up a conversation after that, and the more I talked with him, got to meet him at GDC and eventually at PAX East, the more I was intrigued. This is a person who has explored multiple mediums and modes of creative expression. He's done film. He's done music, he's done photography throughout most of his life, and has quite honestly begun a really great trajectory in the last two years especially, from being featured in the New York Times on a piece discussing marginalized folks in the game industry, to speaking on panels at Game Devs of Color. Davion is just someone who is making tons of waves in the industry, and is absolutely someone to keep an eye out for, not just for this incredible game that he's creating, but for just all of the different things that he's involved in. So I'm very excited that he's the first featured creator on the IntelliGame Club, and I'm really excited for you to hear from him. <laughs> all right, so hey, Davion, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Uh, last night was a pretty long night, but we're here today, chilling, alive, <laughs> ideally. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, if everyone's listening in, they are. Um, what Could you describe what you were doing last night that made it so long? Uh, just out with some friends, uh, drinking games nice. that ended up going very poorly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's there's no winners in drinking games. Yeah, no. and then like the day after, you're like, oh, man, I'm never going to do that again. And then you do it again. And somebody and, gives you a call. Yep, and then the cycle continues. <laughs> To be young, I feel like I've moved past that stage. I'm like slowly like uh, getting past it, but like, yeah, I'll, I'll learn one of these days. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have time. You have so much time. Um, so I'm really excited to be talking with you because She Dreams Elsewhere, I feel like, has had, I mean, last year, really a lot of things just kind of start happening for the game, for you as a developer. And going into 2020, I feel like there's a lot that's going to be happening for you. Your story and how you became a game dev, I think, is really interesting. So I wanted to maybe start at the very beginning because you started really young, right? Yeah. So I was just thinking about that. So probably as of next month, it'll be like my 10-year anniversary, like just making games. Uh, and I started that. Thank you. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just started that like back in like fifth grade, like messing around with like RPG Maker and kind of just like went from there. Yeah. What got like, were you just super into games as a kid? What what persuaded you to start creating them versus just playing them like most kids would? Yeah. So I was like always just into gaming, like just my entire life. Um, and RPGs were like kind of like a big part of like just growing up, like Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, like that was like my bread and butter. And like one day, like I was just kind of like, you know, like searching up like random stuff on like YouTube or whatever. And then I found a program called Game Maker, which everybody knows about if you're a developer. Yeah. So I messed around with that. I did not get anything to work. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to be a game developer now. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So a few weeks later, I like saw another game maker, this time called RPG Maker. And I was like, oh, okay, this is actually kind of fun. Like just, you know, making some like random little like town name, put my friend inside the game, like do just stupid Trift Gator stuff. And then I was like, well, this is actually like pretty fun. So I just kind of like kept making it. Just kind of like, just kind of like as in a way to kind of express myself. And yeah, I, was, I never like thought I could actually like sell these things, or, like just kind of like you know be a quote unquote professional doing it. But yeah, one day I was like uh, later in high school, I was like, yeah, like might as well give it a shot. So high school, that's when is that when you started conceptualizing She Dreams Elsewhere? Development of She Dreams started like about halfway through my senior year of high school, and before that, I like had some like ideas and like projects that kind of like. That kind of went somewhere, but I kind of, like, wasn't really, like, feeling it too much. It was, like, that classic, like, indie dev cycle of, like, yeah, I'm working on this one project, but I got this other idea. Let me uh, tinker around with that <laughs> for a little bit. And it kind of just, like, keep doing that cycle, like, over and over and over again. But when She Dreams came along, it was, it was like, something about that, like, premise and the idea of it all that kind of, like, actually, like, kept me, like, like wanting to keep developing it and kind of, like, keep, like, actively working on it and stuff. So, yeah, it's mm -hmm. been a... It's been a long, long road since then. Yeah, well, and there is something about the premise because it's so deeply personal. And I was wondering if you wanted to, to speak to that a little bit, because for, for folks who haven't played the demo yet, there's a lot of really heavy topics. You know, there's social anxiety, um, you know, depression is addressed. And I wonder what persuaded you to really focus in and hone in on this topic above all else? It was just more me of like, just like growing like both as like a like developer and just like as a person because at first mm -hmm. it was like just a lot more generic like here's what everybody dreams about like here's everybody's nightmares and kind of like just more I don't want to say generic but like just I don't know just basic stuff like that but then I went off to college first semester was not digging that at all like and like I love the social aspect but the actual like like taking classes and like actually like going to college part of it like it just it wasn't for me mm -hmm. and like during that mm -hmm. time, while I got in, like, this my own kind of, like, fun, depressive funk, which, you know, classic stuff. And during that period, I was, like, I really got in my own feelings to kind of, like, start thinking about, like, what do I 
actually dream about like what are my own like kind of fears my own nightmares like what am I actually feeling if I'm gonna like make a game I'm gonna make it as if it's like my one and only game and if, if and if it's gonna be my own one and only game then I'm gonna make it like really personal I'm gonna go like super deep into this I feel like I really relate to that I um, in college I dealt with a lot of uh, a lot of anxiety and anxiety triggers and I even though it was like it was only 10 years ago which feels like it was a long time ago it kind of was a long time ago, but I feel like there weren't as many discussions that were happening around anxiety, depression, uh, intrusive thoughts, uh, negative self-talk. I, I wonder, were there, like, where did you develop the, the lexicon? How did you find out about these different issues of like mental health and awareness? Was that something that you just kind of knew about personally, or was there somebody who t like said, Hey, you should, you should check in on this. Yeah, it was kind of like my own like bit of like self-discovery. Because I like first like started like to skin those like depressive thoughts earlier on in like high school. And at first like I didn't think it was just like actual depression. I was just kind of like, oh, this is like a, like a little funk. Like it'll go away in a few days. And like right. it didn't go away. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe there's actually something going on here. So a few like Google searches later and it's kind of like deep dives into that. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I actually do have depression. That's uh, that's fun. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It Thank you, Google. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting how you, you have that moment where you're just like, oh, wait a second. Like, mm -hmm. I assumed everybody just naturally felt terrible about themselves all the time and was battling that. And you find out like, oh, no, that's that's a me thing. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But I, I think it's, I guess, it's it's fascinating and very impressive that you're able to um, to channel those experiences into a gameplay experience that other people can can see and learn about themselves or learn about people that are close to them through yeah and it's it's been like a long it's a long road and like a it's very challenging just like developing that type of game too where it involves just like a lot of like self like reflection and like just like introspective thoughts and stuff in addition to being like okay like i know what i want to say like i know what i'm feeling how do i actually make this into a game <laughs> and how do i actually make mm -hmm. it like engaging and all that stuff so yeah that's that's been a fun little thing to figure out yeah, I think that's a really interesting component um, because you did pick the medium of game to allow other people to sort of access your thoughts and sort of what you've been experiencing and and tell a story through. And what's really fascinating about you, honestly, what really intrigued me about you when we first met was the fact that you, you're an artist in so many mediums. You do film, you know, you've dabbled in like music and photography. What is it about like the medium of game that really stuck with you to tell this specific story? Um, it was really the whole like interactivity element, being able to like feel those feelings like and exactly what like Dolly is like going through. Like I thought that like interactivity element, like it, it would be a completely different project. I feel like, yeah, when um, folks end up playing playing the demo, what's really interesting is being able to both control her and control to an extent some of those options that you have in the dialogue can be so impactful and like in a great way, but also almost uh, just really anxiety inducing way because the dialogue <laughs> is so real. Did you have any other people that you connected with or talked with to, to really flesh out both Thalia and some of the other characters that we meet and some of their their struggles that they go through? Um, honestly, a lot of them just based on just like people that I know personally and just like, they're just like, just ways that they talk and like kind of like asking friends to be like, hey, like, you know, like, like, what do you think of this? Is there a way to improve this? Like, 
from there it kind of like naturally goes to like a place of what are you feeling like this is how i'm feeling like and like getting into like those like super like personal like one-on-one conversations yeah because it's so personal and you you're pretty much developing this game solo right you're still developing it pretty much on your own so basically i'm the actual like guy making the game itself there's my composer mimi page who's amazing i love her music Mm -hmm. um and there's my porting team, White House, uh, not sorry, White House, uh, White Thorn Digital. <laughs> They're handling like oh, yeah. the uh, console version of the game. But uh, other than that, it's just pretty much me going insane for the past few years. <laughs> I, I feel like if I was creating something that constantly had me addressing sort of the, like you, to put it in your words, like my worst nightmare is sort of my greatest fears. I mean, that's that's an intense process to put yourself through. And I'm wondering how... How much do you decide to like, how do you find that balance? You know, where if even when I was playing the game, I found myself, you know, starting to think, oh my gosh, like, is this too heavy for me? This is really um, resonating with a lot of words that I've heard myself say in my own head. Uh, How do you find that balance for yourself? Uh, Well, for me, uh, I'm not like a guy who's like very just like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um... I don't take myself, like, too seriously about that type of stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. I'll, like, one moment I'll just feel, like, just super, like, personal, like, just deep in my feelings. And then, like, the next moment I'll just, like, be making fun of it and just, like, just just making, mm-hmm. like, just having, like, those, like, lighthearted, like, elements within the game and just, like, the way I, like, go about making it, too. Like, it really, like, puts a lot of the pressure off. Not all of it. It's still there, but it helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely finding ways to sort of, what is it, diffuse that tension within yourself is really important and absolutely humor is kind of one of the greatest ways to do that you know to me it's it's really interesting that you have such a broad variety of characters and so many of them have lived experiences that like sure they may dial into your what you've done a little bit but it feels like they're uh like you said earlier riffing off of people that you you know in reality and um one of the things that was really fascinating to me was playing through and seeing the relationship between Thalia and uh, and Amia. And it like at one point feels kind of adversarial, but then also becomes it, it becomes this really big reinforcement. I wonder, do you feel like you have a like would is Amia based on like do you have an Amia? Like somebody who is your support structure when you're going through those tough times, or did you did you just kind of come up with these characters? It's yeah, a little bit of both. A lot of like, um, like Amiya is just like based on just like people who like that like party heavy like. There's like always just like wanting you like they want the best for you and like the way they go about it like it might necessarily like be like the best way but like they always have your back and they're always like just there for you like mm-hmm. whatever. So yeah, it's like a little bit of that like kind of like it kind of like naturally like made its, its way inside the game. Sure, because I, I I was playing through and at the beginning I was like Amiya's on. Like this is real. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm obviously going through something, and she's like, "No, just come to this party." Like, what are you doing? And I was upset. And then, uh, you know, later on in the demo, uh, it turns out to to seem like they they have a real connection. Like, so for me, reading through, playing through the game, I was really, I was really inspired by sort of the presence of blackness overall, like from tip to tail. Like, you see a, you you see like. Uh, a depiction of a character if you see the you know the dialogue that they're going through like it, it felt like a, a very a, a very black space inside um, a medium that I think is really easy to read as 
like generic gamer, right? Like there's so many ways that it feels like the game is riffing off of Persona or, uh, you know, Earthbound has these influences to it. What part of your creation process was bringing that representation? Because like the soundtrack destroys mm. it's so good it's so good <laughs> but but i also know that there are going to be some streamers out there who like <laughs> are gonna be like oh i love this song and you're like don't don't sing this song what <laughs> don't are you doing sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's already happened <laughs> 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 but yeah um oh gosh yeah like even like tying back into that like i think it was like around that time when i transitioned from like being like the more generic, like, here's everybody's dreams, like, my own, like, personal stuff, to where I think I was, like, writing a line, and I was, like, and I had, like, the N-word in it, and I was, like, ah, no, I probably shouldn't put that in there, like, I'm gonna get roasted by the internet, and then I was, like, wait, like, why can't I put that in there, and, like, that conversation, like, kind of got me thinking about the whole, like, the representation of, like, blackness, like, in just video games in general, and I was, like, well, if no one else is gonna do it, like, I might as well just do it, like, I want to see this, like, I want that to, like, have this happen, like, it might, like, piss some people off. Like, it might make some people uncomfortable. But, like, it's it's our experience. Like, it's... And to, like, have that, like, in an actual game. It's like... Yeah, it's like... Why not, you know? You know, so your your protagonist, you know, Falia is, a, is a, a black woman. And there are a lot of interactions that seem to take place between between women. And there are those dynamics that, uh, that come into play in their friendships mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like, what ways do you... I guess, sort of connect. You said that you kind of draw on friends for information. Do you have folks that you kind of like reach to consistently for, for points here and there? Oh yeah. Like all the time. Like I have like, like kind of like a circle of just like super close friends that like anytime, like I need like just feedback on like anything. I'm just like, Hey, like, what do you think of this? Like, or Hey, like I wrote like a script or here's like just five minutes of gameplay. Like, what do you think of this? Like just doing stuff like that. just like that content, like check in. Yeah. You can definitely tell with, um, when I was playing the demo, in addition to, again, Mimi did a fantastic job on the, of the soundtrack. It's one of my favorites of all time, I'm pretty sure. But the dialogue is some of the most natural to read dialogue I've ever experienced in a demo. <laughs> like, it's really like, it was so fascinating to read, especially the interactions between um, like Thalia and her and some of her, you know, her friend group, especially the women. I There were lines where I was like, I've said this to my friends. <laughs> I've heard my friends say this to each other, you know, lovingly as well as not so lovingly. So it's really interesting to to play a game that not only addresses um, these heavy topics, but also is able to adeptly take on the voice of, I think, people who experience them. It's something that I personally have not played very much of, which is really cool. And it's very grounded. A lot of times when we see mental health discussions happening in games, it seems to be very, um, what's the word, symbolic? Yeah, like stylized. Yeah, super stylized, really metaphorical, and and very open. There's a lot of surrealism in this game, but it's so grounded. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Like, why not make a totally surreal game instead of one that's got so much, like, real in it? Yeah, like, for me, like, I've always... Like, kind of, like, natural dialogue is just, like, kind of, like, my normal, like, writing style that I kind of developed over the years. And mm-hmm. uh, with this game, it's, like... There's like two sides of it. There's like the grounded, like naturalistic dialogue and the music and the character interactions that like bounces off that whole like surreal like atmosphere and like what it, what everything is like going on and everything. The whole like metaphorical aspect, like 
I do love that, and there is, like, elements of that, like, later on in the game, but for mm-hmm. me, like, I I kind of prefer just, like, be, like, real people, like, hey, like, this is, like, this is what we're actually, like, going through, like, just cutting, like, all the fat from it, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And we haven't talked about some of the surreal nature of the game. I mean, we, we've we talked about there's Thalia and, and her friends, they're hanging out. Um, Thalia's a little bit more reluctant about it than the others, at least up front, and Then there's sort of this twist that happens halfway through the demo, and they end up in this sort of, I don't know what to call it, um, just a really surreal kind of like... Oblivion. (laughs) Oblivion, yeah, I was going to say. Could you describe what it was like designing Oblivion? Because I think the, the color palette, the patterns, the enemies are so striking. I'd love to hear some of the inspirations behind that. Yeah, I went through a lot of different versions early on, um, and it was kind of hard to, like, kind of go from the, like, grounded, like, real uh, real element to it to, like, the actual, like, surreal, like, oh, like, I'm actually in this, like, weird-ass maze, ugh. <laughs> and, yeah, at first it was just, like, the apartment was, like, turned into the maze, and then it was, like, this really, like, weird... There was, like, a lot of elements that just, like, didn't work at first, but it happened a lot just through, like, revisions and constant, like, playtesting and, like, kind of exploring different, like, directions... Which is also why this game is taking like so long to develop. Like it's, it's it's just a slow game to develop, just like that. Just doing that constant like revision, like making sure like it all like kind of flows together. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with the whole like level design in general, they're really kind of like based off of, like Thalia's own nightmares. Kind of like making those nightmares into like an actual like physical space. Yeah, some of the enemies that we encounter. I mean, a lot of them are really creepy. Um, we've got, you know, no heart, no romance, but then some of them are also really cute, like the little box. Box boy. Box boys. <laughs> um, and so I was wondering, just just for my own curiosity as well, are these enemies then specific representations of just Thalia's fear? Yeah, it's it's a mix of a lot of things. There's fears, there's memories, there's random dream things that like your brain can't even just really even comprehend. It just kind of happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just a bunch of mix of bunch of surreal things, and the extent of like how much it relates uh, that'll be explained later in the game. So no spoilers mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I vaguely remember reading or perhaps talking with you before this that the story, while again is is centered on Thalia, will expand a little bit to some of the other characters and perhaps some of the struggles that they're going through. Yeah, for sure. So like. Uh, there's a mechanic called connections in the game, which are this game versions of like side quests. Mm-hmm. And for the whole like main story, it's like Dolly at like the forefront for the most part. But for the connections, it really like she takes more of like kind of a backseat. Um, you can kind of like experience kind of like a different perspective and like what they're going through and and depression. Like it takes depression and mental health. It takes a lot of like different forms. And there's no way I can like represent like every single one. This is kind of a way for me to kind of like kind of portray like a few different versions and kind of a, a few different like experiences. Mm. I, I guess I'm, I'm thinking about something that uh, Jenny had brought up earlier, which is um, that it feels like the game has really picked up a lot of speed in the past year. Um, you showed a game devs of color expo, picked up a publisher through Whitethorn. I imagine that that changes some of your focus and your energy, right? Cause you, you've got a 2020 drop date. How do you feel like, the development process and has changed from, you know, working on it a couple of years ago to, to working on it now. 
bro, I'm always stressed. I'm always tired. I don't get no sleep. Uh, that's, yeah, it's kind of been my life for the past few months. Coming into 2020, you know, working with, like, White Thorn, who's, like, porting the game, like, doing all that. Pub Agenda, who's, like, doing PR for the game now. And some other partners. And it's just, like, there's so many more, like, hands in the pot and, like, just people to direct. And it's so weird now because, like, I'm, like, making a game, but, like, at how it is now, it feels a lot more like I'm, like, directing a film directing so many like different like departments like elements of it all mm. so yeah it's been like a lot more a lot more like business heavy in the past few months and just like just doing stuff like that in addition to like working on the actual game and like trying to have a social life too which thankfully i've kind of kept mostly yeah. but <laughs> that's it, a feat but yeah it's just it's a whirlwind yeah maintaining that balance between work and life i think they have a term for it i don't know what that is uh, work-life balance <laughs> work, I was like work-life yeah, balance right um, <laughs> but yeah maintaining that balance is uh, is pretty pretty critical and it, it sounds like you've gotten you've been able to to keep a pretty decent handle on sort of the various pressures that you've experienced over the course of development I, I did notice and I, I feel like there is sort of a, a fundamental question in here right about like mental health particularly in the black community where it feels like so frequently you know discussions about mental health or like therapy or you know other like professional ways of trying to take care of of those issues uh, might not be taught discussed as much or do you feel like some of that sort of discussion thought process idea comes into the game oh yeah 100 percent. without like spoiling too much uh so oliver one of the like main playable characters there's like of course like him like being like a black man and like a lot of like his experiences with that like are directly like from my own too with like dealing with like other like family members and like uh like friends in the black community mm -hmm. um where it is more of that like okay it's like shut it up like suck it in like be a man like right. just don't like don't mm -hmm. say any like that type of stuff that's unhealthy like, that's really unhealthy <laughs> so like yeah like, tapping stuff like that like in both his perspective and, like, other perspectives. Yeah, I, I really just kind of want to, like, get that conversation going. Yeah. I mean, and I imagine this is not um, this is not exclusive to, to the Black community. It seems like there are a number of different, uh, I guess, cultures that experience marginalization where so frequently it's, it's sort of part of the story to just, like, tough it up and push through it because you're an example that everybody else is going to see and you have to deal with it so other people don't have to deal with it. Um, but I think it's really powerful that there's that opportunity to make a discussion space with the game. Yeah, like you, like you can't have that stuff build it up, man. Like it's there's always a breaking point, and it's it's never good. So we're we're getting to a point where I think we're ready to close out a little bit. I'd love to hear what you your hope is for folks who play the game. What what do you hope that folks sort of get out of it, especially perhaps since our, our listeners will be playing the demo in particular? There's a lot packed into the demo. Um, so if you had to you know, sit someone down and if you're talking to them about the demo, what would you hope they get out of it? Uh, that's a really interesting question. I, I'm going to be honest, I have not thought about like the actual like full demo in like the longest time. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> hearing this is like, I'm like, oh, wait, like, yeah, people actually like this game. That's pretty dope. <laughs> um, <laughs> more than anything, like, have fun or well, not fun but be engaged and I, I really don't like the word like having fun when it comes to games it's it's such like a broad term but uh mm. yeah enjoy yourself enjoy the experience and if anything else just kind of like just think about like how you're actually feeling like how you're really feeling think about how you're feeling how others are feeling you know 
be excellent to each other and yeah just realize that like it's okay to like not be okay thank you thank you so much for sitting with us over over the internet do you have any things you wanted to share about the game and perhaps where people can find it yeah of course uh so the demo up on steam and itch that's already up uh it's a little bit outdated but it should get the uh general picture out full game will be out later this year sometime hopefully (laughs) uh actual date i will let y'all know soon uh i have one but you know hush hush for right right yeah, full game will be out on uh, Steam, PC, Mac, Linux, Xbox One, and Game Pass. Uh, some other stuff, so stay tuned for that. Awesome. Super excited. Yeah, thank you for taking the time for like diving into this discussion with us. And um, yeah, looking forward to seeing what else you get up to in 2020. Thank you for having me. Like, I really appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. So that was the discussion that we had with Davion and... Josh and I both have just been really excited about this game in the sense of it's provided a lot for us to talk about even after talking with him. I feel like it's been really interesting playing a game that addresses a topic I think both of us have also talked about a lot separately outside of the game and that whole idea of mental health. Yeah, there are so many different layers to not just the discussions that the game has about mental health and sort of watching Thalia process these these issues of of negative self-talk, but also the ways that it inspires discussion around other folks. I've really appreciated having this like shared space to talk about mental health, portrayals in gaming, that kind of thing with Jenny by both of us playing this game together. And I think mm-hmm. that's and being able to learn firsthand from uh, from Davion about some of the ways that he's handled personal issues or uh, factored his own experience into the game really makes this demo and this game feel that much more special. I've just been still, I, I've talked about it you know, earlier throughout the interview and even now, but the fact that reading the dialogue at times felt so personal like at times it was hard for me to play because, you know, I would play it and think like, oh gosh, like I've definitely, like, I've thought this exact thing when I've looked in the mirror or I've like been at a party and experienced these sort of doubts of if folks even want to have me around and like I should probably leave because what's the point? You know, those kind of thoughts, seeing that spelled out in a game is something I don't know if I've seen this openly done. And so I'm really excited to see not only how the game continues to look at and like explore this idea of what does it mean to have and live with these kind of um, thoughts and mental health issues, but also how, and I think you addressed this as well, like how do you find ways to not stay there? Because Thalia has a support system. Uh, she has friends and folks around her who, despite also probably going through what they're going through, are there for her and are trying to pull her out in their own ways. And so I think it'll be really interesting to play that, but also it was fun, or not, I don't know, fun if it's the right word, but it was it was interesting to see how Amia as a friend was sort of the one to like pull her to the party, even though she didn't really want to go and like try to get her to do things. And I immediately thought of like, I have an EMEA, <laughs> you know, I, ha- I have friends that I know if I'm being some kind of way, they're, whether I like it or not, are going to be doing that. And so I'm interested to see how the social relationships happen throughout the game as well. There are a lot of ways that I, I looked at this game. I was just like, this is like 
one of the blackest games I've ever played. Like <laughs> we said this mm-hmm. before, but it was really refreshing to think about like there are going to be situations where people are even even playing through the demo. You walk into a party and the party is like blasting rap music and they're dropping gratuitous use of the n-word and like Mm -hmm. you know that happens at parties all over the country i know that they happen at parties in portland which is a thing but creating that space that is so unique in a game uh it, it just there are a lot of discussions that come up as a result of this game that are are really important and i am glad Mm -hmm. i will be really intrigued to see where he takes the story and and particularly how thalia deals with some of these ideas of needing to let people in um obviously Mm -hmm. no spoilers for folks who haven't played through the demo yet but uh i think it will be a pretty strong theme and it even comes across in the ways that uh davion talks about his own life that having friends and support structure is critical Mm-hmm. Not only with mental health, but like the literal development of the game, it was really neat to hear how his his friends and his relationship and his support group has helped him through that process as well. Yeah. Well, Josh, I am so happy that I got to not only speak with Davion, but also have you on the show and also share this discussion with you and be able to recap it afterwards. What I'm most excited about though is for folks to take a look at the questions that i'll be talking about in just a second but any last thoughts you wanted to share on just maybe what we talked about with davion or she dreams elsewhere no uh, i appreciate you bringing me in for the discussion and i think there'll be a lot of uh, i think there'll be a lot of really cool growth that comes from people playing this game so thanks for the opportunity always happy to have you around <laughs> Before we head out, I wanted to read the discussion questions that we'll be highlighting in the next episode as we dive deeper into the specific demo experience and gameplay. Of course, these questions are just a skeleton. They're a framework where hopefully as you play, you'll be able to add to and iterate on as you find moments in the game that resonate with you in particular. I've divided these questions into just two simple things to reflect before playing, as well as a few questions to reflect on after playing the demo. So before you play, as you reflect, uh, there are two questions that I wanted to send your way. The first is, what role does self-talk, both positive or negative, take in your life? And how do you find ways to support yourself or your friends who are going through rough times? After playing, there are questions that we're going to highlight, but again, the discussion could go a variety of ways. So if you have specific questions that resonate with you, or perhaps things that you thought of that we aren't asking here, please feel free to contact us. At the start of the story, it's quickly apparent that Thalia is struggling. What are the ways that we see this, and how does it feel to play a character that's already going through so much and perhaps doesn't fit our typical notion of what a protagonist of a game should be? The dialogues and actions of the characters all feel extremely true to life, and the party scene is one of the places where Davion establishes that realism. What are some of the specific ways in this scene and in the game as a whole that this world felt real? One of the most striking elements of She Dreams Elsewhere is that it's a game with people of color, made by a person of color, in an industry and medium in which black folks in particular are often relegated to being sidekicks and caricatures if they're even present in the first place. So what is it like to play a game with multiple nuanced portrayals of people of color? Davion mentions that She Dreams Elsewhere is a story where Thalia will be addressing her own fears and subconscious, and we'll see this especially in the surreal world of Oblivion. 
What creatures does she encounter there, and how do they potentially foreshadow what's to come? And finally, support systems are strongly alluded to in the demo of She Dreams Elsewhere. What support systems work well for you when you're going through tough times? And are there specific systems and processes you'll use, or do you have some tried-and-true methods that you stick with? So again, those are the questions that we'll be discussing next time in this show. And if you'd like, please hop into the demo. It's again available on Steam for free. And feel free to visit IntelliGame.us for the PDF of these questions for reference, as well as the IntelliGame Discord to discuss this with other members of the community. Please keep an eye out for the announcement on who will be joining the discussion on Twitter and Instagram at IntelliGameUs and on our Discord. And I believe that is it. We did it. Thank you so much for listening in. I'm really excited to see where this format goes, how it continues to evolve. So again, thank you in advance for for joining us and participating in this. And I will talk to you all in the next episode. IntelliGame Club is hosted and curated by Jenny Windham. Find more information about her at youtube.com slash kimchika or twitch.tv slash kimchika. You can also find her on Twitter at KimChika25. Our discussion questions were written by Jenny. The podcast was edited by me, Josh Boykin. And our theme song, Sepia, was written by Gautam Shrikashan. For more information about IntelliGame, or to find out how to keep us going for as little as a dollar a month, go over to patreon.com slash IntelliGameUs. Thanks much. We'll see you next time.